Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. teaching or preaching, a global calling, finding the missing leg. We will know why is this kind of stuff of the leg. Uh, I want to start with a, with a question, you know. What is a simple piece of furniture that we use every single day? Bed. Some say that, yeah. Chair. The same that you are using right now. Is a chair. I have a picture of the chair. Okay. What is wrong with that? You know, that, that, that chair was designed to be with four legs. But for somehow, for some reason, this chair missed a leg. And for that reason, it's not fully functional. If you try to use this chair, it will be very hard, right? Trying to sit on that. It's, it's, who wants to sit on this kind of chair? Nobody. But for some reason, something happened with this uh, chair. You know, unfortunately, it is most, it's almost the same with the church. We are designed as a church to be perfect. But for many reasons, sometimes we look like this chair on the screen. Somehow incomplete. Like there is something missing. It is important to understand what was the original idea from the designer. So that we can be faithful to the original design. That example, brothers and sisters, applied to us as a Christian. So in our case, as disciples of Christ, we need to go to his word to find the design. Only when you, we go to the scripture, we'll be able to portray the original design. That is why we encourage every follower of Jesus, go to the scripture, go deeper, study the Bible, learn the values, the statement that God put on the Bible to try to reproduce in our life the life that God wants to live. As a church, as a community of faith, we are calling to keep all the statements and to live the life according to his word. But sometimes our life is like this chair. Looks nice, but there is something wrong. I love the statement for this year. 2018, the year of kingdom power and authority. That is very powerful. But when the kingdom comes, he established all the things according to his word. And we are not anymore the center of all our life. Jesus is the center. He is the king of kings. We surrender our life to the king. If we try to live our life on our own way, 
maybe will we be like this kind of a chair? I want you to read this well-known verse that we read early, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And the word of the Lord said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you remember what happened right after Jesus said this command? What happened? Verse 9, verse 10. Somebody knows what happened? That was the last command that Jesus made before he was ascending to the heavens. The last word. If you try to say something at the last minute in your life, that will be very important for you. And Jesus chose to say that because it's very important to him for you and I as a Christian to go through this statement. He was talking to his 12. Guys, you need to wait. Don't move. Just wait because there are a promise from the Father, a gift from you. And this is the, the power of the Holy Spirit will empower you. Then you can be able to be my witness in Jerusalem, the place that you are. In all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That was very, very important. But to, trying to, to go through this passage, to this verse it is important to acknowledge the key role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a key role in the Great Commission. And it's very important to understand what is the function of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, you will receive power. Who wants to receive power? I want to receive power. But God is teaching us something else about this power. And you know... Our best example in life is Jesus Christ. So let's go what happened to Jesus with this interaction with the Holy Spirit. So I will move to some verse in Luke chapter 3. If you can go with me, Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 3, you have on the screen or you can find in your Bible or your computer. Um, Luke chapter 3 is talking about the moment that Jesus went to, the, to John the Baptist and asked him to be baptized. You remember that situation? What happened when Jesus came to John the Baptist and he was baptized? The Bible said the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove. Do you remember that? Are you with me? Yes, okay. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. Do you remember that? Can you imagine that, that moment, that supernatural moment? You are right there waiting to be baptized. I come this weird guy to the John the Baptist. And in that moment, the sky, the heaven are open. And all this supernatural situation is happening in front of you. 
That was very amazing. But the thing is, the Holy Spirit descend and rest on Jesus. And all the people around him can recognize there is something special with this man. The Holy Spirit dwell in you. Because there are something special in your life. There are a mission to fulfill. You are calling to make the difference. You are calling to be a world changer. But the Holy Spirit have a key role. First of all, the Holy Spirit descend on him. Everybody can see that. The Holy Spirit is on that person. Chapter 4 in Luke Verse 1 said, full of the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit on him. Now it's in him, full in his life. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And later, to temptation. Sometimes when we are having seen this kind of a wilderness, we say, this is the enemy to put me in this situation. And I will try to rebuke the enemy. But sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. Because in the wildness, God is moving our heart with a, with a hunger for his presence. With a hunger to, to know more deeper about our God Father. As Jesus went to this 40 days fasting and praying. And after that, the enemy came. With all this temptation. Do you remember that? And right after Jesus won this kind of battle. And the enemy left him. In Luke chapter 4 verse 14. The word of the Lord says. Jesus returned to Galilee. In the power of the spirit. So. When Jesus was baptized. The Holy Spirit descended on him. Everybody recognized that. Everybody saw that. Later, full of the Holy Spirit, he took it to this uh, wilderness and temptation. Right after that, the power of the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus. And that was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. In Galilee, in the power, just in the power of the Holy Spirit, he has taken a stand in front of all the people in the synagogue. And he took the scroll and read prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61, you remember that. This is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. That was a remarkable moment in the ministry. We can identify a pattern, you know, a kind of pattern in all these verses. The way why the Holy Spirit works with us. You know, the Holy Spirit comes to our life. Then we are full of the Holy Spirit and we go through wilderness. Somebody here understand where I'm talking. The wilderness and temptation. And God is mothering your heart, shaping you know, your, 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 your life 
working with your character. And then there is a moment. There is the right moment when you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to start what can give you. This life assignment, the starting point in your life, the verse in Act 1, 8 that we read is something that Jesus says to his follower. It's not for the special ones. It's for all of us. If you are a Christ follower, this command is for you too. So we need to work on this. Going back to this verse, we, we learn this process of the Holy Spirit to empower you. But the word of the Lord said to be my, what is the word we said in Acts? My? Witness. Thank you. And it's, it is interesting this, another important point of the word witness, which is written originally in Greek. And the word used there in Greek is martus or something like that which is the root of the word martyr. I don't know. Okay. Okay, you have on the screen. You will see that. That's the root of the word witness. I don't know if you are catching what God is trying to say. What is the difference to be a witness and to be a martyr? Huge difference. A witness is somebody who uh, experienced some situation and you go to, into the court and just, well, what I saw is that, you know. I don't want to have too many uh, compromise of commitment with the situation. That was what I saw. I'm just trying to reproduce that. But a martyr is a person, but we have a very high commitment with the message. To that point, this is able to, or is willing to lose his life for the sake of the message. Do you remember at 1-8, for all of us, not for some of us, God said, the powers of the Holy Spirit will empower you to be my witness, martyr. Are you ready to be his martyr? Are you ready to go to that extreme? To lose whatever you have in your life? Your social position? Your money? Your name, your well name, your own life. It is very interesting because Jesus was talking that to the apostles. And how they end at the end of the road, all of them pass away as a martyr too. So they die for the sake of the gospel. Be Christian. Be a Christ follower. It is very important to understand this. We need to surrender our life to him.
Not only singing. Somebody said, the part of the Christian, we are so liar when we sing. Because, Lord, we give you everything. Lord, we go wherever you want to go. But the reality is different. So, brothers and sisters, with all my love, I want to encourage you to be like Jesus wants to ask for live. To be the kind of Christian that Jesus wants for us. Be a martyr. We have a lot of martyrs. You know, this kind of icy, crazy people. The extreme Islamic. They are willing to lose their life for the sake of the Islam or the jihad. How many of you can remember the um, kamikaze, this uh, Japanese pilot? They were fighting the war when they don't have more bullets on his plane. They used his own life, his plane, like a weapon to crash to the ships, losing their life because they have a very high commitment with this war. People are willing to do whatever is needed to share the gospel. That is what wants for us. Are you willing? Are you ready to do whatever is in your hands to preach the gospel? No, for the crazy one who go overseas to Puerto Rico, Uganda, or whatever. Are you ready to spread the gospel in your own place? In your college, in your work, with your neighbor, with your family? Are you able to do that? That's very important. It's very, very important. Power of the Holy Spirit. And we are ready to be his witness slash martyr. So the Holy Spirit trained us to be his witness, Martin. But the other key part here is where? Where to witness? And the answer is, next please, glocal. Glocal is a term used to highlight the importance to proclaim the gospel locally as well as globally. And globally as well as locally. Local is a plain word. But we're trying to create this sense of it is very important to share the gospel here, right now. But at the same time, to the end of the earth. I have a short video. Just, I think it's a one-minute video. And that can show us, I can give you an idea how the Christianity spread since Jesus died on the cross until 2016. So if we can see this, watch this video, maybe we need to switch off some lights. You have an idea how was the process that Jesus used to share the gospel. If it's not able, no problem. I can go. 
It's not able. Okay, no problem. No problem, guys. Uh, this video show until the age 1400, the gospel spread from the, the, the Israel, Jerusalem, to the America, Latin America, Africa, and it was growing in, in Europe and everything. So it's incredible the way how the gospel was spread. And it's very important because some people have some misunderstanding about this verse of the Bible. When they read about be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth, they think it's okay, I need to preach the gospel just here with my family, with my city. And then when I, I reach my people, now I can go through my country. And I can preach the gospel in my country. What is wrong? And then when I reach my country, I will be able to go to the end of the earth. That is wrong. Because the way how Jesus spread the gospel, it was amazing. But it started in Jerusalem. But it started moving overseas and overseas and it spread the word from this spot in Jerusalem to this spot in this continent and Africa and Asia, and it's growing and growing. That is very important. There are a kind of force. Oh, there is a video. I don't know if we can play the video. No? Okay, next, please. Centripetal mission. This is an interesting word. Somebody know what is the meaning of centripetal force? And some physics here. The Old Testament portrays a clear God-given mission to the Jews, I'm sorry, Jewish people. That is that they were to go out and bring people up to Jerusalem where they will worship with the one true God. That was the centripetal mission. So from the ages, the nations to the center, Jerusalem. In the Old Testament, God sent people outside from Jerusalem to go to the nations to share the vision and keep the people and bring to Jerusalem. A centripetal force is from the ages to the center. It's a kind of force. Bring the people from outside to here. This is the holy place. In that moment was Jerusalem, the temple of Jerusalem. So God was bringing people from different nations to go to Jerusalem to worship God. That was the God-given mission in the Old Testament. But on the other hand, we have a different statement through Jesus. Jesus teaches a, a new paradigm of mission. This mission is different. It's not a centripetal force from the ages to the center. And we can go to the next, please. It's a centrifugal mission. That means from the center to the nations. We are not calling to bring people to our churches, which is good, but it's not a calling. 
Our calling is called to overseas and share the gospel and make disciples. That's our calling. That is a very important statement that Jesus made for us. It's a command that we cannot avoid. It's a centrifugal force that pushes ourselves from a comfort zone to the ages, to the nations. That is the God calling. That is the, the new way to do missions. That's why Jesus said in Acts 1, from Jerusalem to the end of the earth. You need to be in Jerusalem. Just wait to the promise of the Father. But when you get the power, now you are ready to move. And it's the same for us. Let's go back again to the chair. Next, please. When I was talking about the missing leg, it is important to understand all this point that we have talked about. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit, witness martyr, and global outreach. If one of them is missing, we are incomplete. We can look great, but we are not functionally because there is something wrong. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you to be part of the balance. Please, next. There are a kind of imbalance. This imbalance results in being unsuccessful to accomplish the Great Commission. That's the problem with this imbalance. But the good news is there are hope. There are hope. And I believe with all my heart, in this place, we have hope. In this house, we have hope. If you want to clap to the Lord, praise the Lord. Because you are part of the answer of this global and local calling. Because as a church, we are ready to find a balance. And you are working on that. Look at this world reality. What is happening in the world? Next, please. The world population is 7.7 billion of people around this globe. A third part of this 7.7 billion, so close to 3 billion of people, are Christians, like you and I. On the other side, we have a third part that are not Christian, but they live in areas of the world which is, are very accessible to the gospel. Maybe it's like a neighbor. He, he heard the gospel many times. He went to church once, but he didn't want to surrender his life to the Lord, so he lived his own life. And he didn't want to go to church. And he wouldn't want to be a Christian. So a third part of the world population is like that person. They live in an area which is accessible to the gospel, but they don't want to be Christian. But the unfair thing is with the other third part of the world population. 
is people which are not Christian because they live in an area of the world where it is not allowed to preach the gospel. Areas of the world where it's not accessible to preach the gospel. People who live in tribal areas or in countries where they be a Christian is not allowed. So this is the unfair part of this. There are rich people with not any access, not any initiative from church to reach them. You and I, we are part of the solution. We are part of how we can reach these unrich people. There are many ways. But the thing is that, that's the world reality. This amount of people, a huge number of people, just a third is our Christian. Another third, they were listening to the, the, the gospel, but they don't want to follow Jesus. But we have another third part, three billions of people with no access to the gospel. They born in a very place without any idea about the Bible, about Jesus. And they pass their whole life in this kind of darkness because nobody went there to preach the gospel. On the other hand, last year, 2017, the BBC, BBC made a video talking about the fastest growing religion in the world. And you know what is the fastest growing religion in the world? Islam. I don't know if we can see this video. Is there a problem? It's not working? Okay. So that was a video of a one-minute video. You can Google it and find on the Internet. But that video showed us for the 2050, in a couple of years, 50% of the population in Europe will be Muslim. They are growing. They are knocking our doors. I was in Kenya a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when a very good friend of mine, he is a, a pastor from Egypt. And well, he speaks Arabic, he looks like a, an Arabic. So he saw some Muslim people and he go there and say, Hey, hi, nice to meet you. What are you doing here in Kenya? Oh, we are coming here to Kenya to preach Mohammed. They are sending missionaries. They are sending missionaries. It looks nice. But when they are in the power, everything is different. This is the fastest growing religion in the world. So to the reality, to the unreached people, we have a, 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 the Islamic group growing and growing. In Latin America, here in, in the U.S., in another many countries, they are growing. Look at this church reality here in the U.S. There are research the Barna Group did. And the numbers is very interesting. Can we go? Okay. I don't know if you can read that. But the thing is, 51% of the church goers here in the America, in the U.S., 
have not heard about the Great Commission. 51% of the people who go to church in the U.S. don't have any idea about the Great Commission. That's crazy. That was, you know, 50 years ago. This country sent missionaries overseas touching, touching nations with the gospel. With a lot of mistakes, yes. But they were able to go and spread the gospel. Nowadays, 51%. I don't know if you can read very well the other part. I was trying to read on, on my notes because it's, it's very interesting, the number. Because 51%, they say, we never heard about the Great Commission. 25% of this amount of people, they say, yes, but I can't recall the exact meaning of the Great Commission. 51 plus 25 is a huge number. But do you remember that? There are hope because this church is racing with a different mindset. And praise God for that. Praise God because God is touching you through the Holy Spirit to move yourself, to shake your life, to start having a kind of a missional, missionary mindset. You can take note, this is the Great Commission. You can find not only Matthew 28, which is the famous, in every single gospel, you will find the Great Commission. That is very interesting and very sad, these numbers. So that is the reality of the world and the Christian church. But I said, praise God, there are remnant people of God ready to do whatever God wants them to do and to accomplish in his name and for his glory. For he is worthy. Brothers and sisters, he is worthy. He is worthy. Let's go to the next one, please. We want to read again. Acts 1.8. Next, please. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come on you. And you will be my witness. You will be my martyr in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The power of the Holy Spirit is ready to empower you. It's ready. You need to be ready to be his witness. That is your choice. That is your choice. Be witness here, local, and global. This global outreach is our calling. We need to be ready, church, to accomplish the Great Commission. Next, please. 
I want to encourage you to continue working as you have been doing. You know, this year has been praying for missions, which is an amazing ministry. Going, doing short-term missions, like next week. Giving for missions, supporting missionaries overseas. Praise God. And you know what? Sending missionaries for long term. And this is the challenge for you. Because I know there are a seed from this church, from Agape Church, ready to be sent to the nations. I believe that. I don't know if you believe that, but I believe that. There are seed. It's not right now, but it's coming. Because God is working on that. That is the very important thing. And you know, the more that you give, the more God will entrust you. The more that you give, God will give you more. Brothers and sisters, this is a calling from the Lord to all of us. And we need to be ready to give an answer. Our answer could be, go overseas, or an answer be, will be, get involved in all this community outreach that you already have been running, sharing the gospel with your neighbor, praying for the nation, for the enriched people, and sending missionaries to the end of the earth. This is the challenge for you, brothers and sisters. We feel very encouraged for you and the way that you are doing ministry and all these beautiful facilities that you had and the vision that God gave you to this man of God here. Amen. It's an amazing and powerful vision. But you know what? The more you give, the more you will be in trust by God. Brothers, God bless you. God bless you. And thank you very much for this.